Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're going to want to write this down. Hey, my favorite listener, thanks for being here. Today, I want to talk about what it's like to speak for a living. The idea for this episode came from an Instagram post where I was talking about how I'm constantly making mistakes as I speak. I stumble, I stutter, I have all the troubles with English, and I call myself a professional speaker. And so ultimately, you shouldn't let that stop you. And so I was sharing this post, and my friend and my guest, Shalinda Kirby, responded by saying, OMG, I get paid to talk and I still haven't grasped the English language most mornings. And and that's when I realized I have to talk to Shalinda. And I mean, it was even before that. And I'll tell you why in a second, but she's very badass. And I love that about her. So before I invite her to jump in, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Shalinda Kirby is a morning co-host with Chorus Entertainment at Power 97. She's been called one of Canada's top radio show hosts. So freaking cool. My podcast sound editor. So she edits all of this stuff. Uh, She's the host of Sick and Successful Podcast. She started a company called SNS Podcasting in partnership with her friend, Natalie Supes. And Shalinda, I'm honored to have you on here as a guest on my podcast. So thanks for being here. It's so nice to be on the podcast, Jessica. I'm a huge fan. So it's awesome to just, you know, be the one behind the mic right now talking to you. I know. I'm I'm so excited and I am so curious what that will be like for you for editing. So that's <laughs> going to be super fun. I'll have more control because I'll be like, you know, if I mess up, I can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I first learned about you and your story from your podcast, the sick and successful podcast, because in the first, and maybe it was the first couple of podcasts where you, you shared a bit about your story. And it was a lot about, um, health challenges that you were going through, which I cannot relate to. Although what I could relate to was your story about like wanting to be a radio show host or wanting to like not necessarily be a radio host for myself, but wanting to be heard in a way. So let's start off with that story. Talk about you talk about your life as a radio host. Well, I got into radio at a really young age. I was was 16 years old when I got into radio. And uh, even before that, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do because I had a specific thing happen in my life that just inspired me to kind of take that path to become a voice on the radio. Um, I think I was like six years old when my dad's birthday came up and I wanted to do something really cool for his birthday. And one of the things that we did together was listen to the radio in particular, this one like oldies station in Edmonton. So Uh, I decided that on the morning of his birthday, I was going to call the radio station and I was going to request a song. And I was so nervous. My mom helped me find the number because back then you had to look it up in the phone book. (laughs) Oh, funny times. I know, right? And uh, and I had no idea how it all worked, but I just knew that uh, as soon as that 
DJ on the other line picked up the the phone and took my request and then played it on the radio. And I heard it Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do that for a living. I I wanted to be a voice on the radio. That's so cool. Yeah, I got super lucky because yeah, at 16, I um, had a work experience program in the high school I was going to in small town, Alberta. And there was one radio station. It was a country music station, not my first choice, but I was good. It didn't matter. I was just like, I just want to know what it's like to be behind a microphone on the radio. And I walked in and I said, like, I want to be on the radio. And they were like, well, there's actually, you know, some work experience before that, you know, goes down. But, um, they taught me a little bit about radio and I spent three years going in on the weekends, recording a newscast at 4am while all my other friends were partying at, uh, you know, a bush somewhere drinking (laughs) underage. (laughs) So (laughs) I was, I was so focused on just, you know, my career at that point that I knew I wanted to, to do what I do. And so once I graduated high school, it was uh, a no brainer that I was going to take a radio broadcasting program somewhere mm-hmm. and it ended up being in Calgary. So I did that. And then my career has taken me all over Canada, which is super cool. Wow. And we're so lucky to have you here in Winnipeg. I think that's the coolest thing. So a couple of things I can relate to. I remember when I was probably about six years old, the first time I heard someone speak through a microphone and it was at bingo. I was at bingo with my grandma and <laughs> The bingo caller, like what I loved about it is everyone was paying attention to him. He had everyone's attention. And to me, that was just something that really stuck out. So, so that was my, like my dream. I thought at the time was to be a bingo caller. (laughs) That is an excellent (laughs) dream, Jessica, because as a kid, that would be so cool to like, see that and think like, I want to do that. Right. Cause you're right. This person's commending the room. And so how would you not want a piece of that if you were, if you were young Jessica, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, uh, so that was my fun experience. I love that there was a work experience program because not all high schools have that. So it's almost like these things are put into our paths as, as guides to this is what you're meant to do. So like, what an opportunity for you. So how did you just show up at the radio station and say, I want to work here? Or how did that go? Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. Like it was so random because I'm shocked that there was even a program like this, like I said, in small town, Alberta. And so you were able to, most people at that time in high school were just using the work experience program to use their hours from their already existing job. I was working at a grocery store. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I, <laughs> you know, that's my, that's my side gig. That's how I'm making money. You know, I'm going to school in high school. And, uh, I said like, I want to do something work experience related to what I want to do as a career. And so thankfully, like I said, there was the one radio station in, in this town and I remember having my work experience papers that you had from the high school that you had to get signed off on because they had to accept a certain amount of hours for you to be there. And I just was ready with my papers. I walked in and I was just like, hello. Oh, <laughs> I, I love like, that. On the radio. And I they were just like, you did that. they were like, oh my goodness. Uh, we've never had somebody just walk in and say, I want to be <laughs> on the radio before. And then it was funny because they, they made me read the newspaper. I'll never forget it. They were just like, what do you even sound like? Um, and so they like gave me a, a copy of the newspaper from that day. And they said, just read the, the first couple of lines. And so I did. And, uh, and I was so nervous. 
And I sounded like such a little girl when I was doing it. Cause again, I was 16. So I was yeah. pretty young and they were like, well, we can work with that. Fast forward a year later, they finally let me on air to, uh, to come in and do the, the news on the weekends. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool because I kept doing that throughout my whole high school career, even when the work experience program ended. Yeah. That is super cool. And I love that you were so young. You were obviously so determined and so disciplined because it's hard when your friends are out like doing all the fun stuff and you're like choosing your priorities so young. Yeah. I look back at, at that version of myself and I think, oh my goodness, like I was pretty motivated right out of the gate at that age to just get after what I wanted. And I think growing up in this small town, I had such a big vision for myself too, just to get the hell out of there. Like, yeah. I remember my dad saying to me, like, do not, do not waste your time on some boy from this shitty town and get pregnant and end up staying here and not following your dreams. Like he was mm. so adamant to get me to where I wanted to be. And so like they would drive hours and hours for me to go check out radio broadcasting programs at different colleges. And, um, wow. it was nice to have that support when I was so young and had this dream because, my, my parents to this day have supported every single move I've made across the country. So I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. Mm, That's so wonderful. I love hearing those stories. So I also remember times phoning the radio to make a song request and that sort of thing. (laughs) And, and the odd chance I did get to hear my voice on the radio. It didn't inspire me to, to go that way, obviously, but I still thought it was really cool. But also, I only remember men being on the radio. So when you went to this radio station, were there women there? And what was it like? What has what your career in radio been like as a woman? Very interesting question, Jessica, because it's something that I'm very passionate about because it is a, a male-dominated industry, for sure. And I want to break that you know, mold that's been created in the past where women are typically the laugh track of the radio show, specifically in mornings, you know, cause you'll have a host and a co-host and maybe you'll have another co-host, but typically there's only one woman on that show and her job is to react to the men who are speaking. And I've made it my prerogative in my career to not be that, Mm -hmm. to, to, to take on the role of being an equal voice in the room especially working with men on a morning show. So, and I've been, I've been lucky working with some of the men in my career that have allowed me to have that voice. I've worked with men who have had issues with uh, me, me taking that role for sure. When I went to start my career, I was lucky to have some pretty influential females in broadcasting and women who um, taught me what it was like to work in an industry like that and what it took to compete with mm-hmm. the male ego. So mm-hmm. I was lucky. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like, how, how did they inspire you? Like, was there someone in particular and what kind of support did you feel that you get? And the reason that I, that question really popped up for me is I feel like in my journey and I've, my career has kind of been in different places. I haven't always had women around me in the workplace that wanted to support me. They, they felt competition and didn't want to give me that. So what was your, like, who who inspired you? And you don't necessarily have to share names, but like, what was the experience? 
Well, I was lucky because it happened so very early. I was when I was 16 that I, I was met with this lovely woman who worked in the news department of this radio station. She she tried to break the mold of just being the news lady. You know, she would do more than the news. She would jump on and, and converse with the guys in between news breaks and stuff like that. And I always admired that because she stood outside of that box of just doing her job, reading the news. And she had this personality. And um, I remember asking her about that and what it took to step outside the mold. And she said that it obviously comes back to confidence and having the confidence in yourself. And especially when you're, you're speaking because your voice is a representation of your confidence. If you're in a room, you want people to listen. You have to have something to say and a voice to make that happen. And she was so adamant that in my broadcast experience, going to college very soon after leaving this small little radio station that I never forgot that, that confidence, uh, which is ironic that your, you know, podcast is named the confidence and communication podcast, um, is huge. Like fake it until you make it. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that she said too. She's like, you can be as nervous as you can be, but don't mm-hmm. ever let anyone realize that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've gone my entire career faking it until I make it <laughs> because uh, there's, there's been a number of times I've been terrified to be behind the microphone. And I, and I've had that confidence reminder from my past and I've been able to get through it. So, wow. Like just hearing you talk about this is making me feel so warm and fuzzy. I'm loving it. So you said your voice is a representation of your confidence. I think that's what we might call the (laughs) title of this episode, but, (laughs) but holy smokes, I love that so much. That alone is so inspiring. Um, And I can, I can relate in so many ways. So I know that you had mentioned like women competing, obviously with, with you and your experience of, of, you know, climbing the, the corporate ladder or just working in business or just being a woman in general. Mm -hmm. I feel like women are always in competition with each other, which is so unfortunate because I don't know, in my experience, the most success I've had is when I team up with another woman and instead of trying to fight the other way. So Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've just never understood why there is that like unwritten way that women are to each other in the workplace and in mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the more that I talk about that, the more that I bring it up every once in a while, I'm realizing, like, I think it's the way that we are conditioned originally, but also on top of that, maybe because I come from a first nation community where women are like the intention for indigenous women is to suppress them. And so maybe that's amplified in the, in the indigenous community. I don't, I don't know for sure. I haven't, I haven't done any research on that, but I know that when I talk about that, there are a lot of women who reach out to me and say that they can relate to that. So just a really interesting point. So what do you love most about your job? I love making people laugh. I love being able to have a conversation and it be broadcast to everyone and doing mornings. Like I I love mornings and people think I'm crazy because whenever I say I get up at two 45 in the morning, people are like, what, how could you do that? (laughs) Yeah. And 
How are you part of our society? Like, how do you cope? (laughs) Because I go to bed at 7 PM, like a senior citizen. That is why. Yeah. (laughs) But my, my schedule I've learned to like adapt to, and it's just like a small price to pay for making people laugh every morning. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is I like to be the, the voice that people hear when they begin their day, you know, when they're, when they're Mm -hmm. driving to work in the morning, uh, they're stuck in traffic. I have the, the ability to create something to brighten someone's day. I mean, I feel pretty privileged to have a job that allows me to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds so beautiful. Thinking of bringing joy to people's day when they're having their coffee or like not everyone starts their day off in a great way. And so for you to be on a morning talk show means you need to, I imagine, show up like in a good mood, you need to show up pumped, you need to show up like, how do you do that when as as someone like myself, who on social media, I do my best to show up regular, uh, empower others, all of that sort of thing. There's days where I'm like, fuck that. Like, and there's days where I don't have to, I don't, I just don't have to show up. So how do you do that? How do you show up authentically, be yourself, but also, you know, be peppy? Yeah. Well, coffee helps. (laughs) (laughs) Love coffee. (laughs) Yes. Whenever I meet somebody in my industry that does mornings that doesn't drink coffee, I'm always like, how are like, how do you, how, how do you not like die? Yeah. Yeah. How are you <laughs> sitting there right now? I guess everybody has their own, you know, thing that they do to keep themselves peppy at that hour. Um, my coworkers aren't like me though. Like I'm definitely known around the office as the annoying person in the morning because <laughs> I, I come in and I'm like ready to go. I like have conversations that I've thought about having. I'm like, all right, uh, how was your weekend? You know, this and this and this, I saw you post this on Instagram and they're just like having their first sip of coffee and do not want to talk to anybody for the next hour. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Thank goodness for you. Thank goodness you're there. Oh my goodness. But I do refer to it as a light switch. And it's actually something that, um, I've really dived into in therapy as of recent, because it is kind of hard to go from having this on button to being off, you know? And so I refer to it being on the air and off the air. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I crack that mic, it doesn't matter what my mood is in my, in my personal life. I'm there to entertain. I'm there to speak. I'm there to do my job and start someone's morning. So mm-hmm. I got to put my shit in the rear view mirror, unfortunately. Like I'll mm-hmm. never forget finding out probably, I think it was like an hour before my show that my grandma had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have just said I didn't do the show or I wouldn't do the show or I wasn't feeling good or whatever, but I did the show and I remember going through the emotions that day of like shutting the mic off and being like very sad, then turning the mic on and putting on Mm -hmm. this, like, you know, front. And I can't say it's like what I recommend for everyone because it's not, it's not easy being on and off like that. Um, And then when people meet you being a voice on the radio, they expect that on, right. They expect you to be the mm-hmm. entertainment in the room and the life of the party and always talking and having a conversation, being the leader of the conversation. And it's just, I'm not always on, you know, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. just, I do a show and that's my job. And, and, uh, 
I, like I said, I'm privileged to have a job like I do, but there is a version of me that exists off the air that, Mm -hmm. um, is, is, is shock for some people to, to learn about. Thanks for sharing that. That was very eye opening. And I think for myself as someone who, again, who speaks and shows up on a regular basis, I I'm always contemplating that like fine line of wanting to be me, wanting to be authentic, wanting to show up to encourage people because I have so many people and you probably get this all the time too. I have people who will send me DMs saying, thank you so much for what you do. I look forward to your posts every day and just like all of these things. And it's just like, oh my God, like people are actually watching, people are listening. And for me, that makes a huge difference, right? Like I'm doing all of this on my own, but I, I get the, the feeling and the, like the idea, the concept of being on and off. So trying to, it's not saying that you are being someone else. Yeah. Right. It's just like channeling the energy into almost like what was Beyonce? Beyonce had this alter ego. Yes. Oh my goodness. What a throwback. Yes. Yes. And you know what? I love that concept because I really believe in one of my programs, Next Level Self, a lot of what I talk about is how, how do you become the person that you're wanting, wanting to become? And that's really what it's about. It's about channeling that energy into when you're showing up. So yeah, just, it was really cool to hear you talk about that. It's you're right. It's just channeling different energies because, um, I'm one version of myself on the radio. And then I'm another version of myself on my podcast. You're going to get a totally different unfiltered version there because it's, it's a different platform for me to speak on. And when you meet me in person, there's going to be a different version depending on my mood. You know what I mean? Cause I'm a human being. So, right. um, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make it inauthentic by any means. It just, it's just different energies going into different things like that. Yeah. Very cool. I, I also think that when I show up on my podcast, like I've allowed myself to swear more freely, whereas on Instagram, I try to be, I don't know. I just feel like there's, I guess, I guess I'm also trying to feel out like there's a time and place. Right. And if people keep coming back to my podcast, they already know. So right? that's one thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you go to hang out with different groups of friends or different groups of people, right. You censor yourself in different ways and give what you what what you can to that group of people. I'm going to be a different version with my parents than I am going to be with my girlfriends on a wine right. night. You know right. what I mean? Like there's a different sensor that happens there. Yes. So and yes. what I share. So yeah. So as someone who is a public figure, so people probably are googling you from time to time, following you on you know whatever platforms that they can find you, etc. How do you decide or or do you get to decide how much of yourself that you want to share publicly? And, and I, maybe the question is, how much privacy do you get? I don't know. But like, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's a great question because we live in such a digital age, right? Like it's 2021. So everything is online. And I remember first getting into radio and Facebook just becoming a thing. And we were in trouble if we were on Facebook in the workplace being on the air, which is so Mm -hmm. funny because now if I wasn't on Facebook during our show, I would be in shit. So it's like hilarious, such a parallel, right? Like it's so weird to kind of witness that change in technology becoming so 
available. And that's the thing is as a, as a public figure who works in, in a medium like radio, you do have to have a certain degree of being available to the public. Um, you do as a, as a human being, I would like to think, get to choose what you share. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an expectation though, to provide content. Right. Um, I think that if you're anybody online trying to make a name for yourself, there is expectation that you're creating content. Um, no matter what you do. So mm-hmm. in, in radio, I know that I'm able to share what I'm comfortable with being so available already. You know, I do shy when it comes to my personal life a bit. I, I don't share everything. We like, even with my boyfriend on air, we have a nickname for him. I don't share mm-hmm. his actual name. Um, just, just to have some privacy. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cause like, it's, it's so mind blowing to me in this day and age, how, many platforms we're expected to keep up with. And if anything, I feel this immense pressure to, to join things like TikTok and reels. Mm. And, you know, I'm already on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and like, you know, like keeping up with all these social profiles is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I'm still expected to do these radio shows as well. So you're not just interacting behind the mic anymore in my industry. You're, you're expected to interact online as well, which is just kind of interesting to me because, um, like I said, at the beginning of my career, when I got into radio 16 years ago, it was a much different, uh, landscape. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. I, I I think that parallel is hilarious about how you used to get in trouble for being on social media. And now it's like, get your ass on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's so weird to me. I'll never forget a boss of mine yelling at me for that, for being on Facebook back in like 20, I think it was like 2008. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember the black eyed peas were playing in the studio. It was like, <laughs> and I was on Facebook. I remember what I was wearing. Yeah. Like I was updating my status when, when Facebook had to, you had to add like Shalinda Kirby is, and then you could write something. So right. yeah. What a throwback. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. Okay. So here is, I have a couple more questions. I'm not going to keep you all day, even though I'd love yeah, to, yeah, but I know, that's, I know that's not the plan. So are there ever any like topics that you want to talk about that you don't get the opportunity to, or like question that interviewers just never ask you about, but it might be something that you'd like to talk about? Well, in, in terms of my show, like I often, I'm so lucky now for podcasting because I do feel like I'm limited in what I'm able to share with my voice in commercial radio. Uh, We typically only get three minutes between songs, you know, to talk. And I'm one voice of three that are on the show. And so our, our topics include things that are quick, entertaining, things like that. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in my thirties and I'm just very, like comfortable with who I am as a woman. And I've really learned about some, some things I'm passionate about. And I want to share those things. Podcasting has given me the ability to do that on a different platform. That's different than what I do for a living. And Mm -hmm. that's why coming into podcasting was so interesting because I was able to really get into 
topics that I wanted to talk about, like women in business and being successful. And like you said, uh, having a, a sickness, I, I kicked cancer's ass. So I being able to share that story, I never once talked about having cancer on the radio. Mm-hmm. Never once I went through my entire cancer battle and never once talked about having it going to treatments, nothing like that. Not one person knew I had cancer. So, mm-hmm. um, being able to, yeah, podcast about that has been therapeutic. That's lovely. I'm, I love that. And I, I have thought about having a podcast for years, like, cause I always listen to podcasts and the thought of all of the work going into it. I was like, no, I, I have taught myself mostly everything that I know. And I was like, I don't want to learn anything else again. So <laughs> you're tapped out. You're at full capacity for learning. <laughs> I guess I'm not having a podcast. And then your business partner, Natalie Supes, was uh, following me on, on Instagram and messaged me saying, hey, you should have a podcast. Or have you ever thought about having a podcast? And so that was the start for me. And, and that, I mean that's, that's your business. That's yours and Natalie's business. So I love that. And I've been pretty lucky in my radio career. I will say like, it's not just, you know, I'm not just saying podcasting is where my focus is right now. Of course I love radio. It's what I, it's what I've grown up in. I I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even be the person I am today without the opportunities that this industry has provided me and the people that I've met. I think the coolest part about my job, aside from making people laugh, like you asked earlier is connecting with people because I've got to experience things that I in my lifetime would have never had access to, uh, because of what I do for a living. I've gotten to travel to, to different places. I've got to meet people of all sorts of backgrounds, which is so cool. I've gotten to meet kids in, in, in the, the children's hospital. I've gotten to volunteer with Uh, a number of different great groups that do amazing work in all sorts of different cities I've lived in. And yeah, I have all these stories and I always joke that I love what I do because I know that one day when I'm sitting in a retirement home and I have nothing but my thoughts, I'm going to have the greatest memories. Mm -hmm. So that, that to me is one hell of a career and I couldn't ask for a better one. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So as a coach, or uh, recently I was talking with a coach that I was working with and because I'm always trying to do my best to communicate my speaking programs to my audience, she asked me, what is one of my current speaking goals? And what really came to mind for me was I want to help other women become confident speakers. That's something that's so important to me. But then that question kept like just kind of staying in my head. And I started to think, and I don't know that this is really a thing for sure. But I think it would be really cool to be on the radio. So if someone wanted to be on the radio, do they still have to go to broadcasting school? <laughs> well, and you know what, it's so funny, because I always have people say to me to this day, or like, these days, they'll say like, Oh, radio, who listens to the radio? And it's like, people still listen to the radio, surprisingly, like the numbers are you know, I wouldn't have a job if I, if people weren't listening to the radio, Mm -hmm. uh, it's still a medium that is used and it's the, the quickest medium out there aside from, you know, social media being a giant on its own. But if somebody were interested in getting into radio, you don't always need to go to school. Some of the most successful broadcasters that I have as friends 
don't have a broadcasting degree. They just, they made a connection with somebody that got them in the right path at the right time. And they worked their ass off and Mm -hmm. they had what it takes to make it in the business. And, you know, I, I went to school myself and I took those two years of broadcasting, um, broadcasting uh, years, but like, you don't need to have that schooling. I think it just takes that motivation, that Mm -hmm. drive. Like if you want something bad enough, we live in a day and age where your experience is right here in your phone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you are your own person and you make a name for yourself, however you choose. So if if you want to go the career route of being on the radio, just start reaching out to people, start networking, start connecting. I would suggest, yeah, just, just be you never, mm-hmm. never steer away from being you because uh, radio will chew up those people who aren't authentic and spit them out. And mm-hmm. that's what's made me successful to this mm-hmm. day. I feel like, because I've never pretended to be anybody other than myself. Right. Oh, I love that. So cool. Um, the other thing that I think is like a a speaking goal or, you know, something I might put on my list is continuing to show up doing live speaking events and that sort of thing. But also from time to time, um, I've been at events where they've called in radio hosts to like MC events. So I think one of my goals would be to do that with like cool radio hosts like you. So do you do stuff like that? Yeah. Like MCing events is definitely a perk of our job for sure. Like, and, and getting to meet people like yourself who want to be up there on the stage with a mic in hand, you know, sharing that space. Um, because you're right. It is a cool part of our job to be able to bring somebody on stage, but you've been able to do that on your own. I've listened and edited your podcasts. I'm well aware of the Michelle Obama story, which is <laughs> Probably my favorite episode so far to, to edit aside from your affirmation episodes, oh, but, um, yeah, like I just, I think that would be so cool to, to be able to connect with people who are passionate about speaking and getting them on a stage. And I think that's what gets me excited as a radio host is like meeting these young kids who are in broadcasting programs or they've started a podcast or, um, you know, they want to do what I do and just hearing that passion that they have, because Mm -hmm. that's, like I said, all it takes. Oh, so exciting. Okay. So as one of Canada's top radio show hosts, and you know, you know who my audience is, you've heard all of my episodes, any, any final comments that you'd like to share? Oh man, I don't know. I just, I love everything you have going on here, Jessica. And if you're listening to this, you are in such great hands. Honestly, you found home like this podcast. If you have ever wanted to use your voice in a, in a way that allows you to find that confidence that, you know, you have, you know, you have that confidence. You just got to use it. Then you're listening to the right podcast. And Uh, it's just been a pleasure to talk to somebody else who is so passionate about speaking and, and has all this experience that is obviously different from what I do, but kind of the same in a way. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, I feel like we, we've been able to just like, you know, talk like old friends on this Mm -hmm. this episode. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I feel like there's probably a hundred stories that we could like compare and laugh about. So 
Oh Thank gosh, you. yes. Like how nervous I've gotten before, <laughs> you know, emceeing gigs and stuff like that, dealing with some crazy antics behind the stage, you know, with bands before they go out and just like the tech oh problems goodness. that happen with microphones. Like, oh my goodness, I'm sure we could share many stories. Yeah, I've actually, now that I remember now, I've actually recorded commercials on the radio. I've been a guest on radio. I've been a guest on like TV and stuff like that too. So lots, lots of stories to compare. So thanks so much for being here, Shalinda. I want to thank you for having me. I want to share a quick note for my listener that if this episode has piqued any interest in how speaking can help you connect with more people through communication, ask for what you want and uh, just master your speaking skills, then send me a DM on Instagram and say, speaking up, I'd love to hear your speaking goals and how a coach can help. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01. Because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.